Welcome to the Beautiful Souls Podcast with your host, myself, Danielle Cadwell. I'm an Olympian author, speaker, and coach, and I'm here to dive deeper into all things mindset, manifestation, mission, and yes, some meditation. In 2013, I was an unfit, concussed, and massively self-conscious synchronized swimmer when an opportunity arrived that was well beyond my wildest dreams to begin training for the next Olympic Games. I was terrified. However, I decided to take the biggest leap of my life. I went all in, moving from Canada to Australia and dedicating my life to my sport. On this journey, I made a vow to myself. If I could do it, if I could really make my wildest dreams come true, I would spend the rest of my life sharing what I had learned to help others do the same. So beautiful souls, this podcast is where I fulfill my promise. We'll talk about everything from the energetics of manifestation and the power of self-worth to mindset cultivation and how to step up and into your soul mission. You can think of this time together as kind of like a soul spa, where together we will wash away your fears, massage you with some truth and some love, and spruce you up on the insides with some spirituality. So, are you ready to be rejuvenated from the inside out? Let's dive in. Hello, hello. I'm here. I'm in your ear holes. Oh my goodness. Welcome to officially my very first podcast. So if you guys didn't know, um, we're going to have some tangents here. Already starting with a tangent. (laughs) In high school, I have always loved musicals and I literally felt like in a past life that I should have been a musical star. And I would like go and watch musicals and just weep, like weep from my heart because I was like, I just feel them. Anyway, so now tangent coming around, I feel like I sing things because it's like my past life performer coming through. (laughs) I digress. We are here and I'm so excited to have you listening to the first official podcast of Beautiful Souls. And this has just been a long time coming, but also not. In this podcast today, I want to share with you guys a little bit about my journey. Um, I might get emotional thinking about this. Um, My journey in a way that I've never really shared it before because I've been on a lot of podcasts um, and I've spoken on stages and I've talked on TikToks and Instagrams and group programs, but I really want this space to be authentic and real and honest and no hiding, you know, just absolute truth because I think it's important in this world and it's one of my values. So I would love to share a little bit of my story with you here today, but also just really thank you guys in inspiring me to bring this forward because when I first set out on this journey, um, and if you have no idea what I'm even talking about, you're like, who the heck is this girl? Like, who the fuck is this person? Yeah, we're going to be swearing here. So I'm sorry, children. Um, (laughs) We're going to get into that. But when I started out on this journey, people asked me, oh, you should do a podcast. You should do a podcast. And I was like, you know what? There's too many podcasts out there already. And there are so many. Um, And I just didn't feel like I had a message to share at the point. And that is part of my journey that I will share with you guys today. And I've been really feeling the call the last six, eight months to share on a different way. Um, I share a lot on social media, but I also think that that can be really diluted. And, you know, when you're trying to put a message into 60 seconds or a minute and have it be really catchy so no one clicks through or scrolls past, I think sometimes the essence of what I'm working on getting across can be 
be missed. And I just wanted a space for me to not only be able to express my own creativity, but to be able to share and help all of you more. And so my intention for this podcast is for you guys, like I said in the opening, for you to come here and feel uplifted and loved and heard, for you to walk away from this space feeling inspired, but also feel like you've just sat down with like myself as your friend and we're having a chat and having a little bit of inspo and having a little bit of pump up on your life because I truly believe (laughs) I'm such a cheerleader and I'm like, I want to be more people cheerleaders, but I only have so much physical ability myself. So if I get out on the airway streams, you know, we're going to get out to more people. So we're going to be talking about all the things in this podcast, really no holds bar. And, um, I'm really excited to share with you guys my perspective on so many different things that I have the chance now to expand on and also allow you to hear from some of my clients and, you know, them going after their dreams, um, in the future as well. And one of the things that I really wanted to do differently in, in this podcast is I'm very aware that I am another cisgendered, able-bodied white woman that comes from privilege that is speaking on your airwaves about manifestation, spirituality, personal development, all that stuff. And there's so many people out there and they all have incredible messages. Don't get me wrong, but I just wanted this intention for this podcast to be an open and loving space where we can dive into everything. Um, But I also don't want to shy away from the important and sometimes uncomfortable conversations that need to be had. So my intention is at this point for my only guests that are being brought on is to uplift communities that need the space and the place um, to be heard. So my guests, only other guests at this point are going to be those that identify as queer, gender expansive, BIPOC, disabled, marginalized in any other ways or at an intersection of two or more of those identities and that have something to add value to what we love to speak about here. You know, like I said, just as another white, cisgendered, able-bodied person in the podcast world, I think it's really important to elevate these voices of those who historically have not been listened to. So I hope that this podcast can be another way in the tide that is currently rising towards that equality and to make my little ounce on that. And my intention is always to come from a good space, but I want to know if I, you ever if hear anything and you'd be like, Danielle, I just don't know about that. You can give me your feedback. I am always willing to learn and grow. And also, if you know someone who meets this criteria that is wanting a safe space to be heard, please, please let me know. Send me a message on Instagram at Danielle Kettlewell underscore or at hello at DanielleKettlewell.com and, you know, have a space for these people to be here. Heard. Heard. What is a heard? <laughs> Anyways, I digress. Whoa, currently my word of the day. Um, I would love to share with you guys a little bit of my story. And one of the things that I know that I love is, you know, we ever like get deep into a podcast or like start loving someone. And then you're like, who the fuck is this person? Like, how did they get here? Um, And I've like gone on massive rabbit hole dives before of trying to find people's stories because I love, I love hearing people's stories. Um, And I, if you don't already know mine, I want to share a little bit of it with you. Um, I'm sure you'll be hearing more about my journey in my life in this process, but I think it's important for you to get to know if you're here and you want to listen. If you don't, that's all good as well. But, um, you know, there's a reason that I was brought here to this space and, you know, it wasn't, 
you know, what I, it's what I always wanted to do deep down, but I was so afraid to ever be in this space because I truly thought that I was never enough. And so when I was growing up, I was born in Vancouver, Canada, um, in a, as the youngest of five children. And my siblings are all like, they were teenagers when I was born. So I was really like the youngest by a long shot. And my mom, if she's ever listening to this, I'm sorry, I'm swearing. And I was not a mistake. It was very much on purpose. And, um, my, my mom had me when she was 43 years old. Um, and I grew up kind of like an only child because my siblings were so much older than me, but as the youngest of five and I had just this interesting experience. Um, and I honestly, my parents are beautiful. They're the most beautiful people ever. You know, just incredible. And I'm so grateful for them. Um, and they're both Aussie. Um, they immigrated to Canada in the late night, no, early 1970s with their whole family. So I was born in Vancouver, Canada, but my family is all Australian. And I honestly had a beautiful childhood and, you know, I had my own things that, that happened, um, you know, that, you know, you might've heard if you're in the space of my group program and stuff, but, you know, one of the things that, I struggle with though in my, my childhood and teenagehood, oh my God, would never go back to being a teenager. It was really hard. I don't know about you, but so many emotions, so many things going on. Any teenagers out there right now, I feel for you. I would not want to be growing up in the age of social media as a teenager. Um, sending you so much love, but I really deeply struggled with this deep seated sense of self-loathing, um, and a really, really deep seated sense of lack of self-worth. Um, you know, I talk about this in, in my programs in the clarity code and worthy about, you know, where this comes from and is a layering of limiting beliefs. It can become, come from passed down from your family or from past lives. And I truly believe that so many of us that have come and reincarnated at this time on the planet are here to do the healing work. And I had my own levels. Um, even though I didn't, I didn't have extreme trauma as a child, I, but I did have, um, you know, limiting beliefs, um, and, and really, really deep seated lack, a lacking sense of self-worth. And the way that I dealt with that is, um, food, I would eat and eat and eat, um, and binge and, you know, really try and numb that because, you know, I didn't realize it at the time. I was like, I just love food and I'm just bored. But it was just this numbing, this sense of like, I felt the sense of emptiness and aching inside. I mean, I didn't know why. And, you know, I think it, there are so many teenagers now out there that have that deep aching inside of them because it's so confusing to be a human being in this time in the world with social media, with everything and with all the healing that so many of us are doing. And, like the hormones. Oh my gosh. And I really struggled, um, on the inside, but you would have never really necessarily known on the outside. Like I was always the type of person that was like, happy, happy. I just want to be known as the nicest person in the world. And I'll just like over gift everyone else. Right. So then I'll love myself more because if I give everything away, then I'll feel better about myself. Not true. Right. <laughs> um, and I, I remember, and I wrote about this in my book, I remember there was one night um, as a teenager and I had the knife to my wrist um, and I just didn't understand why I was here and I didn't want to be here anymore. Um, and obviously I didn't do that. And if anyone is in that space, please, please, please reach out, seek help, know that there's people that love and care about you and just take a deep breath and um, reach out to someone and um, I moved through that space. Um, and that was a big part of my internal struggle. 
um, externally, you know, at this time I was, you know, doing, um, this sport, this sport of synchronized swimming, um, this sport that gave me meaning and purpose and a sense of community, a sense of joy, sense of female empowerment, like synchronized swimmers are bad ass fucking bitches. Um, any synchro swimmers out there, um, love you. Um, you're amazing. Um, and I really, I found myself in that sport and I felt a sense of purpose and a sense of drive, but I was never literally, literally guys. Like, I don't think that people understand this because it's so easy on the other side. Here I go. It's so easy on the other side when you see someone that has done something to just be like, oh, easy for them, easy for them. You know, I am an Olympian now. So you kind of know the end of the story, but like, I never thought I would make anything of myself um, in that sport. I remember thinking and like beating myself up and saying to myself, oh, maybe I could be a coach or a judge. I'm never going anywhere. Um, I was like the like good attitude girl, but I was not the most likely to achieve anything in my sport. And the fact that I'm sitting here with you all these years later and recording this in 2021, um, like as an Olympian, it still makes me really emotional because I, I no one will ever fully understand unless you were in my body and my experience, how grateful I am that I was able to do that and how proud of myself I am that that happened for me. Um, and I know that we're skipping a little bit here and it's all going to make sense, but you know, those people out there that you see that have succeeded quote unquote things, uh, and you say, oh, it's easy for them. Just remember, it's really easy to see the glory and not the story. Um, and one of the things that I, you know, I had this little aha moment a few months ago. It's like, it's way easier to disassociate yourself from a successful person and just quote unquote say easy for them than to realize that they have the exact same qualities in you that you can use to achieve your own dreams right? Think about that for a moment. You have everything inside of you for you to do it too, but it's, that's terrifying. (laughs) It's so much easier for you to say, oh, easy for them. Like they got to do this thing. Like who the fuck are they? You know, we've ever been in those moments. Um, but what if you take a good hard look at yourself and you see like, I actually have that inside of me. I have that potential inside of me instead of being jealous and intimidated by people that are doing quote unquote successful things. Use that as inspiration and proof to your soul that it is possible for you. So my journey as a synchronized swimmer, I honestly thought was going to end in grade 12. Like I went to Canadian national championships and it was like the be all end all for me. Like this was in 2010, (laughs) 2010, I went to Canadian national championships um, in PEI and I was synchronous swimmers, this will make sense to you. I was swimming combo, um, and I was the reserve for the free team. And I remember sitting in the pool being like, this is the last time I'm ever going to swim. This is the last time I'm ever going to swim. <laughs> and that year as well, I also decided to do something bold and, uh, I didn't share this part in my book, but it's a big part of my story. Um, that last year was also the year of Canadian winter games. So Canadian winter games is, um, where is a winter games competition, uh, um, where winter sports all participate together. Um, and synchronized swimming is in it. And I know people get confused, but synchronized swimmers actually in Canada swim all during the winter. So it makes sense. And basically 
each province would compete against each other. They'd have a team competing each other against each other at these Canadian Winter Games, and it was literally like uh, it was literally like beyond what I thought of the Olympics at that time. It was like it was amazing, and I had this opportunity in um, 2009. Um, they were putting out trials for the like opportunities for the BC synchro swimmers to try out. It was maybe like 20 of us. And I had this moment where all my teammates were trying out and, you know, they're all like way fitter and thinner because remember like it was binge eating and many times and really struggle with my weight. Um, and even though I did all this sport, you know, it's it the dichotomy. That's not the right word. Anyways, the paradox of it all. Um, and I decided that I was like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try. I was I said to myself at that moment, I was like, I'd rather try and fail than always wonder what if. I wanted to live with no regrets. And um I went and tried really hard for this team and I didn't fucking make it. <laughs> I didn't make it. You know, there was like, there was like 12 spots and the 20 of us trying out and I didn't make it. Um, you know, like it wasn't, it wasn't that good. Um, and I remember even though I felt a little bit ashamed, I was proud of myself, but I made that vow at that time. I was like, I want to live with no regrets. And that was kind of like a little pivotal moment for me, um, at that time to make that bold decision. And this same time throughout all of this, I had also kind of like this, perspective that I was like, I, you know, teenage years, like, I just don't get it. I don't get the point of life. I was like, I remember thinking this at 12 years old. I was like, so you go to school and then you go to university and then you get a job and then you retire and then you die. Like, I remember I was sitting there and I was thinking about it. I was like, there's got to be more than this. There's got to be more than this. And for a little bit of context, I grew up in a very Catholic family. I went to Catholic school for many years, um, learning all about Jesus and Catholicism and all of that. And, um, Jesus, Jesus is a great dude, uh, but never really deeply resonated with Catholicism and all the rules of it and a lot of shame around it in many ways. Um, and I just had this feeling, I was like, I just feel like there's more, I just feel like there's more to life. And I didn't, I didn't understand. I d really didn't. And it all kind of came together when I had my own spiritual awakening, um, or reawakening or remembering whatever you want to call it. When I actually met my, when I met my partner, um, my fiance, <laughs> Luca and yeah, I, I always had this feeling inside of me that I was going to do something different that I wasn't kind of go, going to go with the grain. I just, it didn't, it literally made me feel sick in my stomach. I was like, I just can't, I can't. I, and not that it's, it's totally fine if you want to go down that route, but it was just, I just something in it was viscerally. Like I literally would feel sick thinking about if that was just the normal path of my life. I was like, there's gotta be more. Um, anyways, going back to those, those Canada winter games, I didn't make it in 2010. I decided to retire from my sport. Um, at 18 years old, that was kind of the end of the line. That's all I could do. I didn't make the Canadian winter games team. I wasn't that good. I was never have made it on the national team in Canada. And I decided to hang up the cap and goggles and, you know, go the path of a quote unquote normal person. I went to university and, um, I fell into this like dark place after I left synchro because it became this identity of like, well, who the fuck am I if I'm not a synchronized swimmer? And this led this down this journey of, you know, seeking myself and personal development and 
through that process, I actually found this beautiful company um, called Isogenics at the time, um, which is a network marketing company. And I, I do really believe that network marketing is really beautiful with the right companies. But the beautiful part of that is it was really tied into personal development. And I remember going to a personal development conference at 18 um, and and. I felt like I was kind of starting to be seen and understood. I was like, oh my God, there's other people that it's like, this This is what I feel. This is more to life. This is the energy that I like. And I realized, you know, now looking back too, I was always, you know, so aware of energy and, um, you know, how I felt in different around different people and different neighborhoods and my magnetism and all this. But it all kind of came together when I had my own you know, a remembering of spirituality when I was older. And, you know, I went down this path. I was like, you know, I'm going to coach synchronize swimming. I'm going to, um, I'm going to go to university, but I, you know, I honestly thought that was it. I, I made these little goals for myself. Um, you know, I made this first goal because I was searching for deeper meaning in my life. Um, in my first year of university, wasn't ever the biggest school fan, to be completely honest, school, uni, whatever you want to call it. Um, I was like, I want to help people. I always wanted to help people. I wanted to be a professional friend, which I feel like I am now, which is so cool. <laughs> um, and I said, I want to go and help people. So I, I saved up all this money and I went on this um, volunteer trip to South Africa. Um, and I volunteered with some other students there um, in Cape Town. Um, and, and that like, just, it just awakened me. I started to love travel and I started to love meeting other people that just had bigger desires in the world to like help and make a difference. And, um, then when I came back in 2012, I was like, cool, next goal. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, you know, at the time as well, I, I started to get back into synchronized swimming at a master's level and masters, if you don't know, is like, um, kind of for fun. Um, and I was 19, usually masters is for old people. No offense to anyone. Um, and I was just doing it for fun, just out of joy. And I, there was this competition that my friends wanted to go to in Italy in 2012. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, you know, I'm going to save up again and, and go to Italy in, in 2012. And we went and competed at world masters championships in 2012. And I was always kind of the person like school was kind of always, the university was always on the back burner. I was like, I worked, I coached, I was lifeguarding. I had another job, like I was working all these different jobs and I was a constant, constant busy person. And, um, I, um, you know, was massive about going after these goals and, and achieving them and then getting the next goal and then getting the next goal and, and realizing now looking back, that was like me manifesting, right? It was like, I want this. I claimed it. I worked towards it, energetically brought myself and I did it. And then what happened, um, you know, in 2013 was kind of like the next level of all of that. In 2013, I was training, um, with my team again, at going to doing masters at the, the pool one day. Um, I would like had worked. To, I, I think I worked early that morning before uni and then I went to uni and then I worked after uni and then I had training and I had a midterm the next day and that night we were training um and my teammates were practicing highlights if you don't know highlights they are basically where you build like a human pyramid underwater and you egg beater up to the surface and someone jumps off the top and does a flip and then lands back in the water they're amazing this is why I love synchro and my teammate went up and she um fell on my head and it was, I didn't think it was that bad at first. My teammates kind of pulled me out of the water. This stuff kind of happens. You get kicked and scraped and all these things in synchro and moved to the side. And I thought I was fine, shaked it off. But when I was driving home, I started to feel really sick, like nauseous. I had this 
horrible headache behind my eye. And I, I came home and I was, uh, I was trying to study for the, my midterm and I was living at my parents' house at the time. And I was looking at the words on the paper that I was trying to study and I had no idea what it said. Like I knew it was English, but I was like, it just wasn't going into my brain. And I remember looking at my mom and it was like really hard to talk. And I was like, not, it was not good. And I woke up the next morning, had to miss my midterm, went to the doctor and was diagnosed with a concussion. Um, and it was one of those moments in life at that time. Uh, and we've probably all had them. Um, where it's like, why the fuck is this happening to me? What karma did I do? And I realized that some people have much bigger things, you know, um, of things that happen. And this was a little thing in, in hindsight, but, um, the scariest thing about the concussion was having to be alone with my thoughts. Because when you have a concussion, you pretty much got to lay in a dark room and do nothing. And my, I had the busiest mind and my mind was going off the heezy because I was terrified of my mind. I was terrified of the demons, the shadows, the, the things that were going to come up and like eat me alive by their angry words, you know? And, and, um, it's actually when I started to get into meditation and it was a dark moment in my life. Um, and you know, I, I don't have depression, but I was definitely depressed at that moment. And, um, I remember, you know, crying, um, one day and just, just you, when you just almost feel nothing, um, you know, I, a, a lot of the time and it was a hard moment. Um, but in hindsight, it's one of the biggest blessings ever biggest blessings. And one of the things that I do in a lot of my work is like, how can we look at those moments as the biggest gifts with an outward perspective? And sometimes it can be hard because the things that people say to me, I've had people be like, I'm angry at you, Danielle, because you don't know what happened to me. This shouldn't have happened. Um, but there's always a deeper meaning with a beautiful spiritual perspective of our soul's experience and our soul's learning. And I needed that to happen. I needed to slow me down. I needed to get into meditation. I needed to like put me on the right path because I was so out of alignment at the time. And the universe literally like conked me on the head and put me down. And I realized I didn't like what I was doing. I was studying art history. I was like, what the fuck do you do with art history degree? Right? Nothing. <laughs> and I was just like, this isn't my life. This is, I want to do great things. This isn't for me. Um, and a month later I was on the phone phone with a friend of mine and uh, she had called me for my birthday. It was the day after my 21st birthday and she got a message on Facebook at the time from uh, the assistant national team coach of the Australian synchronized swimming team. The synchro world is quite small and she messaged my friend saying, um, I know you got Aussie Canadian citizenship. You're a synchronized swimmer. Um, I know you always wanted to kind of achieve great things in the sport. You know, the Australian team is looking for more people to come and try out. And, um, would you be interested? And she asked my friend this and I was on the phone with her as she was reading this message. And I was like, Oh my God, you got to do it. Like how often have we been like, does this ever happen? Like you're the biggest cheerleader for someone else. And then, um, for yourself, you're like, no, 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 no. I can never do that. Right. Um, so I thought it was the most amazing opportunity. I was like, you got to do this. You have to do this. And after like 10 minutes of me, like hyping her up, um, she looks at me and she's like, Danielle, you could do this too. We could do this together. <laughs> and I like laughed at her. I was like, what? Nah, 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 no. <laughs> um, and then I took a moment and I was like, whoa, I actually, I'm Canadian Aussie. 
you know, um, I am a synchronized swimmer, kind of, never was good. I'm in Canada, though, and I'm concussed. How the heck is this going to work? And I took this moment of like, whew, it's like one of those moments in your life where you're just like pushed back. And I realized all of a sudden I was kind of at this golden fork in the road. Like this, that, that shit doesn't happen, right? That's the shit that you see in movies and someone else's life. I was like, these things don't happen to me. This doesn't happen to me. I'm not that person. But then I realized that I was being that person and this was an opportunity in front of me and it was like a golden opportunity. But the thing was the golden opportunity was a 0.000001% chance of happening, right? The oper- the likelihood of me getting actually to the Olympics, I was like, joke, not me. Um, but then I sat with it and I was like, but there is a tiny chance. There's a little hole in this that I could make it happen. And I, it was like something was ignited in me and, and it like lit a fire in me. And I truly believe from this deeper perspective now, that was me making a quantum shift because the fear inside of me was over. Oh my gosh. Sometimes I get words mixed up surmounting, like overwhelming, like overwhelming fear. Um, but there was something inside of me was like, I cannot go to my grave and wonder what if that was my chance. That was my chance to do something grand. Um, and I remember talking, going like a couple hours later, I was like thinking about this in my room, you know, they're thinking I'm like depressed and concussed. And I walk in and I tell them everything. And I was like, I want to do this. I want to go to the Olympics. And like, bless their hearts. My, they're so beautiful. My parents are very sweet. And and they like, but can you imagine, right? Like on their perspective, like I think about it now and I'm like, I would have thought I was crazy. I still think that I'm crazy. Um, and they're like, okay, so what? Like the, it was, it was crazy. Like I, again, like, I don't know how much I can re like remind you, like it was so crazy, but I have this thing in me where it's just like, when I want something, when I want to achieve or bring forward or step into something, I just, it's, I'm like a Tasmanian devil. No, what's it called? No, a honey badger. You guys know the honey badger? It's like, they will, they will follow their prey across the country until they get it. That's, that's what I I like with my, my goals and my, my dreams and my manifestations. It's like, I will do anything and I will take as much time as needed to, to get there. And it was, it was in my mind and I couldn't let it go. And I, I said, I, you know, I, with or without your support, I'm going to do this. Um, and that led to me, you know, within six months, I had to sort out my citizenship. I had to figure everything out. Moving across the world is not easy. Um, moving to another country is not easy, especially when it's like a 24 hour plane ride away, especially when you don't know anyone there. Um, thank God it was in the time of, you know, FaceTime, but, um, I kind of got my whole stuff together and, and went and tried out for the team. And I realized I was like one of 16 girls, women that could have made it. And all of a sudden my Olympic chances just came down to one sixteenth. And I was like, Holy crap, there's a one sixteenth chance I could get there. I'm going to do everything. And I remember like, I was not 
that good at my sport. I always want people to know that. I was not naturally talented. I really am not the most flexible person. If you know synchronized swimmers, you have to be really flexible. I um, don't have the best posture. I'm always working on it. I don't want to identify myself as that, but don't have the best posture. Um, I like it. It doesn't like click fast with me with synchro. It got better, but there's some, if you ever watch people that are like naturally gifted at sports, they just pick things up really fast and their limbs move almost like in a flow that like wasn't me. But I had a drive and I had mindset and I was like, I'm going to use those two things to my favor. I'm going to be the, have the best attitude. I'm going to work on myself. I'm going to give it everything I got because at least I want to go all the way there. Um, and know I gave it every shot and that left me on this insane journey that, um, you know, got me eventually to the Olympic games and I'm skipping over so much for, just the matter of time. But, you know, there was moments on that journey when I had moved to Perth, Australia, where things were really hard. Um, you know, I had beautiful teammates in, in Perth, um, and, and still good friends to this day. And, um, but I was across the world from my family, from my support system. I was with my ex, well now my ex partner. Um, and that was really challenging cause it wasn't, um, he's a beautiful man, but it wasn't the relationship that was meant for me. Um, and I wasn't speaking in my truth on my authenticity and synchronized swimming in Australia has a really big bill to foot. You got to pay to participate on the team. And I did have support from my family, but I also had to like pay for rent and pay for food. And, um, you know, when you're training that much and then you have to worry about just getting enough money for food or just, you know, relaxing. And there was moments where it was really, really freaking stressful. Like I, I remember like going to the, um, and, and, you know, I had like had my pride, like I wanted to, I wanted to do so much of it on my own. I was really lucky. I had the support of my ex partner, um, that I, we were living together at the time. Um, but it was still really challenging, challenging me and him broke open. We had this coin tin where we'd put coins in, um, you know, just where you collect coins. Um, and we had to ply our money tin open maybe like three or four times so we could like pay for food um and there's like sixty dollars a hundred dollars in there maybe um and yeah and I, I would have moments where I would walk to the bar where I worked um because I didn't have a car for a while if you live in Perth without a car it's very challenging and I would walk home and then I in the morning um I'd finish work at 1 a.m sometimes and I'd walk home which was about a 10 minute walk then I'd wake up at five then I would run to the pool because it was faster for me to run than to walk and I could sleep more and I'd go train for a few hours um and I remember at one point on that journey, I remember I was exhausted um, because synchronized swimmers train a fuck ton. We train, you know, um, when we were in Perth, we were training with our little squad. And when we, then we'd go on training camps to Australia, uh, sorry, Canberra, the Australian Institute of Sport or um, Brisbane or other parts in the country. And when we were um, training in Perth, we were training five hours a day about, it, it changed five, six hours a day. Um, and then when we were in Canberra on uh, training camps, we were training six days a week, six hours in the water, two, three, sometimes four hours on land. It's tiring. Like it is a more than a full-time job. And even like, you know, training four hours a day in Perth, like I remember doing that in the summer outside and it was 40 degrees, like some of the sun exposure that I've gotten in this life. Anyways, like I, I remember coming home one day to my ex-partner and I just 
just started weeping because I was exhausted and I was like, I just don't know if I can do it. And I picked myself off the floor, had a good cry, picked myself off the floor and I was like, no, keep going, keep going, keep going. And in this whole process, I made this vow to myself. I said, this shit doesn't happen to people, right? Like I realized the privilege of that opportunity and I had a lot of guilt. I struggled with a lot of guilt for it for many years um, because I felt like I wasn't deserving of it um, because I was Australian Canadian and I, I have girls that I coached because I also coached synchronized swimming for seven years. I have girls that I coached that were technically more talented than me, but because of my citizenship, I was able to try out for the Australian team. Um, and the way that it works, um, at the Olympics at that time, it's changed. Um, but they take one, um, person from each continent. And so Australia just has to compete against New Zealand to make it to the Olympics. And, um, we have more of a chance of getting in. Um, and the, the team wasn't as a high of caliber. So I had this opportunity, like this kind of like a loophole, um, to get in there. And I really, really struggled with the guilt of that all, but I made this vow to myself because I was like, I know the amount of people out there that would die for this opportunity. And I, I said to myself, I was like, I'm going to give it everything inside of me. You know, part of it was to feel worthy, (laughs) But uh, the other part of it was like for every single person who would never have this chance. And then when I do it, I, this is where I made that vow to myself. I said, when I do it, if I do it, when I do it, I'm going to spend my life sharing this because this opportunity is bigger than me. This shit doesn't happen by accident, right? This was some grand universal alignment, soul contract or something. And I was like, I am going to share what I learned because it is bigger than me. I don't want to be selfish and keep this opportunity to myself. I want to share and I want to help people and I want to inspire people and I want to love on people and I want other people to do it too. And, and that's what has kind of led me on this journey of what I'm doing now. And I ended up making to the Olympics and I'm going to share a little bit more of like Olympics specific lessons, um, in another podcast. And there were so many parts of the Olympics that were amazing. Like the opening ceremonies was probably one of the highlights of my life. Um, it, at the best moment of my life thus far, for sure. (laughs) Um, because I got to feel it all and I was crying and I was weeping and keep in mind, like in 2012, I went to master's world championships, which is like, basically anyone can go. Um, and I, four years later was watching, I was walking out at the Olympic games in, in 2012, it was the London Olympics. I went to world masters and I went home to Canada and I was watching the London Olympics on TV. And I remember crying cause I was like, synchronized living is so amazing. And one of my teammates, actually Bianca, um, she was competing for Australia in 2012. But if you would have told me in 2012 that I'd be walking out four years later, like I can't even get across to you guys. It felt impossible, beyond impossible. But then this thing happened and I was doing it and my life switched. And I think sometimes we don't realize how fast things can change. Um, And so much of it was leaning into the fear. And one of the things that I want to share as well, like I always love to give lessons and all of this, but like, I know that not everyone is going to get an Olympic opportunity, but we all have opportunities. We all have little ones, little openings, you know, oh, do you want to have this job promotion? Oh, do you want to like do this or come with a friend or do this scary thing? And so often we say no because we're scared 
because we're scared possibly of failing, of judgment, of, of, you know, what people will think. But when you lean into that thing that feels so deeply in alignment with your soul and you're still scared, that's when the quantum shifts happen. That's when it happens. And I went to the Olympic games and like I said, there were so many amazing things, but there was also the weird thing about it. And this is where I really, you know, in hindsight learned so much about manifestation is like, by the time that I got there, it was just a normal, it was the opening ceremony was amazing, but this is why I love talking about manifestation as well. Sometimes people think that when you are living your manifestation, we kind of do this in movies and stuff. You're going to be like every day walking around like, Oh my God, this is so amazing. Like, look at me, da, 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 da. but when I was at the Olympics and like, I remember my teammates said this as well. It just felt normal. It was like, that was our normal. That was our next level of vibration that we access. That was our, that was our truth. That was the energy frequency that we're at. We're at the frequency of walking around with other world champions, Olympians, you know, famous celebrity athletes, a gold medalist, you know, we were at that frequency. Um, and that was our normal. And that's the thing that starts to happen when you start to raise your vibration and raise your frequency. When you are living in your manifestation, it doesn't feel every day like, oh my God, this is so cool. Da, 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 because that means you're not there. It becomes your normal. And then you get to stretch your energy level and your vibration again, and then make a new normal. But that was something that was this weird like moment because I had put the Olympics on the highest pedestal. And I thought that when I get there, like every moment I'd be like, this is so cool. This is so cool. And yeah, it was so, it was very cool, but it was just like, yeah, I'm at the Olympics. Yeah, this is normal. And it, there was almost, this isn't necessarily the right word, but like an air of like disappointment because there was part of me that wanted it to be more magical, but I had just reached that vibration and that level. And, um, I kept going after the Olympics and I ended up competing with 2017 and 2019 world championships where I got to compete with my beautiful duet partner, um, Ethan. Um, and we did a mixed duet. So I was the first female mixed duet synchronized somewhere in Australia, which was amazing as well. Because again, another one of those things was like, what me? I'm not that person, but I did it. And, and on this journey as well, I ended up leaving, um, my ex-partner, um, just cause we weren't aligned. And that was really a scary, massive moment for me as well, which I don't always share just out of respect to him. Um, but I just knew for a long time that we were not meant to be together. Um, but I was terrified to leave because this is one of the things I was like kind of financially dependent on him. I didn't really have anywhere to go. I was living in Australia at the time, you know, like when you don't have family around, I, like my friends were there, but like, I, I could have slept on their couch, like kind of, but he, he, like, I, I didn't know how to, I didn't have the ability to like pay for things. Like he was paying for rent and not in a controlling way, like in a giving way, but, um, it, it just, I was really stuck for a while. Um, and I was away from my family. So I was able to like, you know, not share the full story. And there was some shame and stuff and in, in all of that. And I was, I knew it wasn't right. Like I felt it viscerally in my body. I remember having days, um, where I would like go to uni at the time. Cause I was finishing my uni degree in Australia and I was like crying all day. I'm not, I'm not that person, but I was so out of alignment in that relationship at the end. Um, and I knew that I had to leave, but I was freaking terrified, but there was this thing in me. And this is where it's like all the little signs and synchronicities come together. There's this thing in me that had this deep knowing that, when I do it, there would be light on the other side. And I remember one morning, um, my 
ex um, was away. He was traveling somewhere and I woke up one morning and I knew I had to leave, but I was so scared. And I woke up and I rolled, you know, when you're kind of in the groggy state, I just started weeping and crying and I was crying in my bed for about, about an hour. And I had this moment, I was like, this isn't me. I'm not this person. This isn't my life. And I'd spent like the past year, you know, crying a lot, having breakdowns in the kitchen by myself, not telling anyone about it. And this is where authenticity becomes a really big value of mine because for many years I wasn't authentic. I was being all happy on the outside, but people didn't know what was going on on the inside. And, um, I, I was like, I need to leave. I need to do this. I need to do this for me. Um, and I had to leave that relationship and that was really scary and heartbreaking. And, um, he's a beautiful person. Um, and I will, I will not say a bad word about him at all. Um, it just wasn't the relationship for us. Um, and big karmic things that we were playing out for sure. But you know, whenever you do one of those scary things, it can feel like the biggest, most terrifying thing in the moment. And then you do it and then you're on the other side and you're like, oh, that wasn't necessarily as bad as I built it up in my mind. Have you ever been there? Um, and that's what I kind of felt like on the other side. I was like, oh, that wasn't like, it was hard. It was definitely fucking hard, heartbreaking, but, um, I'm still alive. I'm still alive. And I made this vow. I was like, I'm going to love myself fiercely. And I was like, and I'm going to write my book because this was 2018 at the time. I'd already gone to the Olympics. I was going to write my book and I'm going to move to Bali. That's what I said. I was going to move to Bali. I'm going to write my book and I'm going to love myself. I'm going to spend a few years just loving myself because I really struggled still with my self-worth, my body image, all that stuff. Um, and, uh, I, uh, harsh, harshly, intensely loved on myself. And I realized as well, leaving that relationship, I was like, oh my God, other than my synchro friends, which were beautiful. I like, didn't really have any friends in Perth outside of my partner's friends. I was like, I want to be around people that inspire me. I want to be around people that uplift me. And I started to just put myself out there. Like I would go to events. I would go to like, um, I don't know, meetups, things like that, where like other women are like looking to meet like-minded people. I was looking for my woo friends, my woo. Cause I was like, I made this vow to like meditate all the time as well. And I was like, I'm changing my life. <laughs> um, and, uh, I was really scared. I know. And so many of you, like if you're ever going out, you know, beyond COVID times, like go out there and find your community. They are craving for you too, but you will never find them if you stay on your couch and you're going to be terrified and it's going to feel scary and you're going to have to probably pay some money sometimes to go to an event and find them, but it is so worth it. It is so worth it because you don't even, you can't even imagine the magical things that will come from that. And that start, just started eventuating and I started meeting people and I started claiming what I wanted for my life. And then four months after um, that, uh, Luca popped into my life. Um, Luca, who is now my fiance. Um, and we were both at this point where we're like, single, ready to mingle. And he was living with my, um, at my teammate's house at the time, Amy. And Amy was saying to me for months, she's like, you gotta come meet my roommate. I think you'd really like it. And I'm like, ah, I'm living the single life. I'm enjoying myself. I was loving it. And then, um, I was also like going on Bumble and like trying to like meet people and just, just having fun, you know? Um, and, uh, I met Luca and at first we met like in the hallway or something in, in Amy's house. And I was like, that's weird. He also like lived in British Columbia and he's like Aussie and he seems cool. And he's also like vegan. That's really cool. Um, and then he ended up getting my number and asking me out. We went to the beach one day and, uh, we went for a cold swim and we thought we were sitting there for an hour and it ended up being five 
four or five hours had gone by. And that night when I ended up saying goodbye to him, I said, which I've never said before in my life, but I believed in all these things, but it, it made sense. I was like, I'm so glad I found you again. I'm so glad we found each other. I didn't even know what the fuck that meant at that time. It was like this huge awakening and opening for me. I started at that time meditating more and I started like channeling, like automatic writing. Um, I started, we just started like opening up to all these different things and me and him were like, we're just here to do big things. Um, and this is also the time when I was started to train for, you know, my, um, uh, what's it called? <laughs> Mixed duet. And, and, uh, we, uh, share another time our like relationship journey, but we, we, um, yeah, we, it was like divinely meant to be, you know, our relationship has gone up and down. It's not perfect. We have challenges. Um, we're always working on ourselves, but, um, we were dating and then we were friends for a while because he just wanted to be friends. Um, and then like, we couldn't stop hanging out and, um, and anyways, an experience that he had brought him back to my life. And he ended up saying to me, we're meant to be together. Um, cause I just had this knowing that he was my person. Like I, you know, I'd always felt, I was like, I just don't get it. When people talk about the one, like what? But, uh, I just had this deep knowing and he activated my spirituality on such a deeper level and my intuition and all these things. And, um, we just made this decision. We're like, we want to help people. We want to make a difference. We want to be, we want to, help a lot of people and and make a massive difference in this world like we you know one of the things that Luca has that you know my other partner didn't it was like I had big fucking dreams I want to you know I want to help millions of people I want to share my story on stages I want to uplift communities that need to be you know have their story shared. I want to help people achieve their dreams because one of the things that I found at the Olympics was and, and that whole journey is, it was amazing. Don't get me wrong, but there was something that was missing. I was like, I was in the best shape of my whole life. I had just achieved my most impossible dream. I was with my teammates who were my absolute best friends at the time. And there was still this sense of, but this has got to be a little bit more. And I realized that that missing piece for me was contribution having a sense of contribution, a, a meaning bigger than myself. And that's where all of this sparked to share my message and share my story and, and sh deliver on this vow that I made to myself. So me and Luca in the beginning of 2019, we're like, fuck it. We're moving to Bali. It was another dream of mine on the bucket list. We're moving to Bali. We're finding our people. We're helping people. We're going on this journey. We're going to be, you know, run programs and be coaches. We didn't even really know what we're doing. Like, to be honest, it was a huge freaking leap. And Bali is a very healing place. Um, and that was a whole journey of its own. And I'm sure I'll share my business story at another time. But it led me on this path of, of which we went down and we were in Bali for a year over the COVID period. And we decided to move back in, um, the end of 2020. And, um, we brought our little foster puppy back as well. And, um, it came back to Canada and this is the next step of our journey where I currently am. And, you know, in the, the journey that I am in beyond an athlete, I'm maybe a year and a half in and starting to 
really make traction and really, really help people. But the reason why I didn't have a podcast up until now and is I felt so shaky on my message and who I was and what I had to share. And I had such little confidence as well. You know, I, I just went from a switch from being an Olympian and an athlete to like wanting to talk about like mindset as well, but also like spirituality um, and, and manifestation and energy. And I was like, who the fuck am I? I had huge imposter syndrome. Um, and I, I felt so unsure on my message and, and what I had to share. And in so much of what I did in Bali is, yeah, I, I ran my programs and I helped and it was amazing. And I've helped beautiful souls step into their soul purpose and their businesses. And it's amazing. But I also really figured out, you know, who I am on a deeper level now and what I have to share. And I love talking about energy and mindset and manifestation and self-worth and soul mission and what you are here to do. And I'm so excited to use this platform from this space as my story continues to unfold because I am so blessed to say I'm only 28 years old, which I feel like is still really young. (laughs) And I have so much to share and so much to do. And I have huge, huge, huge goals. And some of you might think I'm crazy, but I know I'm going to achieve them. Um, And it's the process and the timeline of getting there. And um, I hoped for you to know that this is like a to be continued and to know as well you know for your soul mission sometimes you just need to know the next step for me the next step was like I'm gonna move to Bali and gonna figure it out then I'm gonna work figure out how to like work online then I'm gonna figure out how to run programs then I'm gonna figure out how to build a TikTok and then I'm gonna figure out this and I'm gonna figure out that and and you keep being provided the next set of answers because what has happened on this journey consistently is the universe has always given me the next step. I have always figured it out. I've always needed, gotten all of the information that I just need at that moment. I heard that in a channeling recently where someone was saying like, everything that you have in your life is all that you need. When you will need more, you will receive more. Um, and I truly feel like that. And this next step of this evolution is this podcast and, and sharing my voice and my soul with all of you guys. And one of the things I'm also wanting to do here as well is do some meditations on here. I know I've kind of become like people have loved my meditations and I love sharing them as well and um, channeling them through to all of you. So This story of mine, this journey, you know, I've shared with you some of the pockets. There's some that I haven't shared and it's been an incredible ride and I still have huge things to set out and achieve. And one of the most important things as well is I have so many people that I'm wanting to help as well. And I hope to listen to this podcast one day in years and years and years to come on the other side with a tear in my eye, knowing that I have done it. And I feel like that is my truth. But the reason why that makes me so excited is because my desire to achieve those things comes as a byproduct of helping so many people. And helping people is the most beautiful feeling in the world and knowing that I'm helping myself first not giving from a place of an empty cup from giving from a full cup and an overflowing space to help so many more and I vow to be as true and real and honest on this space as I possibly can and you know it's the journey of life, the journey of stepping into your dream life, your goals, your manifestations, the spiritual energetic work of it all, it's not always going to be pretty. There's going to be ups and downs. I'm sure there's going to be things that happen in my life coming forward that are really challenging. But having a space to be heard, to be seen, to be real, and just understand that the universe always freaking has your back. 
And, you know, one of my mottos, I literally have it um, tattooed on my arm. And it started coming through after I met Luca is like, love, trust, know, love yourself, love the universe, love other people, trust yourself, trust the universe, trust others and know yourself know that the universe has got you and know others. And it's just become this motto of mine that I hope for you to experience in your own way. And may you use this this journey and this story, not as a comparison to be like, oh my gosh, look at all the things that she's done. Like, what have I done with my life? Na, 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 girlfriend, boyfriend, non-binary friend, okay? No. I want you to hear this and understand that this is in your field and in your frequency as the universe giving you proof that it is possible for you because you are listening to these sound waves in your ear holes because you are in the field of this being your reality. And I want you to use the energy to claim this for yourself because I... One of my oh, deepest purposes in this life is to really help shift this planet and make it a better place when I leave someday. Um, but I, by doing that, it's like helping myself then individually inspiring others and getting you guys into your truth, whatever that may be, knowing you're so freaking worthy. You are so worthy. You are so loved. You are so enough. And you get to do the thing that lights you up. If the thing that lights you up is being a mom or being a janitor or being a teacher, or if it's being a physicist, being an astronaut, being an entrepreneur, being a businesswoman or a business person, whether it be starting a company or becoming an author or being a speaker or being a podcaster, you need to get into your frequency of truth because that truth is going to resonate magnetically. And by you shifting yourself, you shift the energy of thousands of people around you. And I want you to use this story of mine as a little piece of inspiration and proof from the universe into your space that you are capable, you are worthy, and you are enough, whatever that is for you. The most important thing is that you find out who you are, what you want to do on this space and this place and this journey in life, why it matters to you, and the rest will fall into place and relentlessly work through the challenges because there will always be challenges. Life is not pixie fairy perfect. I used to think that. I used to want to live in unicorn land and all happy, 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 happy land. Let's all be happy all the time. Danielle Kewell, that's not always real. We have down days. You get to have down days. You get to have days where things are fucking hard. You get to have days where you want to give up. And then you get to wake up tomorrow, next week, next month, and still keep going because you will get there. You create your reality. You create your truth. And I want you to know that that is possible for you no matter what gender, what race, what socioeconomic status you are in. And like, I truly believe that is possible for us, whatever our thing is. I just want you to know and use this space as evidence of your truth and your proof that it is possible. So I want to thank you so deeply for being here still and listening to this space and this journey and my story. And if you want to hear more about it or more about certain pockets of it, I'm more than happy to share, but I wanted you to understand what brought me here from, you know, synchronized swimmer to spiritual TikToker, manifestation mindset, soul mission, meditation, what has brought me to this space. But what I can say in this time in my life, I'm currently through my satin, in my satin return, but I feel so in my truth is I've never felt more in my truth than any moment in my life than I am now. Um, in so many ways. And 
I have this deep desire to help so many of you. And I hope this podcast is a way for us to get there, to get you there. And for you to know that you're supported and you're loved. So to end this off, may we do something that I love to do when we're live, okay? Wherever you are, if you're driving, don't close your eyes. (laughs) I just want you to just take a deep breath, okay? Just take a deep breath with me. You're going to breathe all the way in. And all the way out. All the way in. And all the way out. All the way in. And all the way out. And if you have a moment, I just want you to close your eyes and be still. And repeat in your mind, I am enough with power. Now you can do it better than that. Come on, you can do it better than that. I am enough. One more time. I am enough. Yeah, that's better. I am capable. And I am worthy. Feel the energy of that. I love it. Thank you for being here with me on my first official podcast episode. I love you. You're amazing. If you enjoyed this, I would love, love, love if you could rate and review and share it as well. If this inspired you, share it with a friend or family member or cousin that you think might like it and send me a message and any parts that inspired you. I'm just so grateful for you taking your time to give me your energy. Time is the most precious resource at the moment. And I really, really honor you. I love you. You're amazing. And I'll see you next time. Wait, 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 before you guys close that app, I just have one more thing to share with you. So I would like to personally invite you, if you are listening to this before July 7th, to my podcast launch competition and my podcast launch party, which is going to be on July 7th, where we're going to be doing a powerful manifestation, meditation, and be giving away prizes from the podcast launch party. So, sorry, the podcast launch competition, all you have to do to participate in the competition is to take a screenshot of you listening to this episode on your phone and then go and post it on Instagram, whether it be a story or whether it be a post and then tag me at Danielle Kettlewell underscore and share an emoji, a gift, something that you love, something that you learned from this podcast and you can enter up to eight times. So each time that you tag me with a picture of you listening to the podcast, that will be an entry into you winning one of the epic prizes, which you can win when you show up to the podcast launch party on July 7th at 4 p.m. So if you guys want to join the podcast launch party, there's lots of, lots of words here. You can go go and check out the links below. Um, and that will give you the zoom link and everything that you need. Some of the prizes are pretty freaking epic. I'm giving away a $222 voucher off a future course for you guys to use. I'm going to be giving away a $55 voucher for you to use at Hay House, buy any of those Oracle decks or books or whatever you're wanting. And then as well, two signed of my own books, the unlikely Olympian sent to wherever you are in the world. So if you're wanting to win some of those prizes, all you got to do is participate, get in there, do it up to eight times. My friends, get 
get as many entries as you possibly can and then show up to the launch party on the 7th of the 7th. Yes, July 7th. Um, and join in the meditation and join in to win some of those prizes. If you guys have any questions about this or you don't fully understand, just send me a message at Danielle Kettlewell underscore and I will clarify anything that you need for you and just share this with your friends. Share it with the world. It means the absolute world to me that you are listening. And if you're listening as well on Apple Podcasts, it would mean the world if you write a review. It helps me get out there to more people. So give it a rating, write a review, be totally honest, and let me know how you feel about this podcast so I can get it out to more beautiful souls all around the world. Thank you so much for listening, my beautiful human beings, and I will see you in the next episode. Welcome to the other side, beautiful souls. I so deeply appreciate you spending this time with me. My intention with this podcast is to uplift, love on, and inspire you and align my actions with this intention. But as with everything in the world of personal and spiritual development, take what feels good for you and leave the rest. As a white, able-bodied, cisgender woman, the perspectives I share here are inherently affected by my privileges. I'm actively invested in learning how to elevate and support lived experiences beyond my own, and I'm always open to and grateful for your feedback. I am listening. No matter who you are, where you're from, or where you're going, I see you, I love you, and you matter. So thank you for listening, beautiful souls, and I'll see you next time.